of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is the Kenny and JT Show on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Welcome back to the program, folks. Sad day at the Pro Football Hall of Fame and for the entire National Football League today. We learned the passing of great Franco Harris at the age of only 72. To help us break down the story a little bit more and lend a little local flavor to it, we invited uh, Dave Motts, former uh, executive at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, to join in the conversation uh, today and tell us a little bit about what Franco Harris not only meant to the league, but to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Dave, thanks for joining us today. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me. And, and I think I told you on the, on the way down, uh, I almost called this in because I, it's been a sad day for me because Franco, uh, we became friends right after it was either Super Bowl nine or 10 when he came to speak at the luncheon club. And mm. there's kind of a funny story behind that. Uh, Sue brought in the other day, back when I was younger and the hair was darker and so was the beard, I resembled Franco Harris. <laughs> this is the truth. And I would go, you remember, uh, now Kenny knows this, you wouldn't because you were too young and, and you're a Cleveland fan. Uh, you remember the championship city, the year the Pirates and the Steelers won the world 79. championship. You got it. Yep. So what we would do, us bachelors on Saturday, where's a better place to go oh, uh, to watch baseball <laughs> than, you know, the Pirates. See the Pirates play. Then we yep. go down to uh, uh, Honus Wagner Sports, see what they had. And we go to the Texas Grill and have breakfast beforehand, if you know that one, Kenny. Yep. Well, I would go to the stadium, and the first time we did that at, in 79, that summer, or the next summer, kids would come running up and go, Franco, Franco, what's your autograph? <laughs> well, now, I, would, I told Franco this many, time, many years ago. Right. I would sign Franco kind of print right at 32. And I, I hope out there that nobody from Pittsburgh's listening, because they may... Look at something, son of a... Oh, my God. I got this back in a baseball game. But here's the funny story. Back then, we got, after I think it was Super Bowl ten, he came to speak at the luncheon club. And he brought with him, you know, Franco was always an entrepreneur. Well, he brought a gentleman with him that went to Kent. That would, We were all the same age. I'm 72. And this gentleman was a black gentleman. And he went to Kent when I was at Miami. And Franco's there, and we talk at the hall, introduce each other. Well, we go to the four wins. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, they would take us, if it was a speaker of note, uh, sorry, Kenny or JT, if you spoke there, they oh. would take they would take the speaker into the <laughs> dining time. the dining room, and the media would be there. Back then, there was more of the, mm -hmm. the newspaper, whatever, talk to them. Right. Well, this young guy said, hey, you want to get a Coke? Yeah, we go to the bar. And we're standing there. Of course, it's packed. And this guy comes up, slaps me on the shoulder from behind, I turn around, he goes, ha, I haven't seen you since Milwaukee. Now, I know this guy. And I will have to say this. He had a position in the community, and he also probably had a few libations prior to seeing me. And I say, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I've never been, which I've never been to Milwaukee. He says, no, no, remember the Lombardi banquet? And this other guy starts oh. laughing. And all of a sudden, Franco comes out of the back, 
On his way by, he slaps me on the shoulder and says, what's happening, Franco? Keeps on going. I think the guy, I think that guy stopped drinking that day. I may have saved a life. It was hilarious. But but that's kind of how we met. And Kenny, I heard you when I was driving down here about his character, you know, his yeah. integrity. He was, he was, like I say, he was a great player, but we, and he was a Hall of Famer, but he was a great man. And, and he believed that if you're in a community, you want to be part of it. And that's what he did in Pittsburgh. And, and uh, those are the things I remember, uh, aside from some other stuff. But Hey, Dave, real quick. Yeah. Um, Franco is an African-American Italian, right? right? Franco's Italian so Army. He, right. And, and Franco's Italian Army. Well, my dad, full-blooded Italian, right? So you've got a, a, an Italian football player on. So my dad's favorite player of all time became Franco Harris as soon as they drafted him from Penn State sure. uh, and with the Steelers. And, uh, you know, they, they had the, you know, you could sign up to be a member of Franco's Italian Army, and they had the sign there and everything like that. And so because of that, you know, he became one of my favorite players uh, before they won Super Bowls and everything. And, you know, people forget about that. I mean, think about that the combination of an African-American and an Italian Correct. in Pittsburgh, right? Correct. And he's worshipped, uh, you know, in the Steel City from the get-go because he's rookie of the year, his first year in the league, and the immaculate reception happens, right. and that just catapulted that franchise to a great thing. Well, I, I know, I think, uh, JT, you said it too when I like say, listen to you guys um, about how what the Steelers did – and in that era of dynasty, really catapulted the mm-hmm. NFL uh, nationally. They, you may, Jerry may say that Dallas is America's team, but Pittsburgh is mm-hmm. still at the top, and for years was the number one seller worldwide. Of is, is my dog with Kenny or in the car? <laughs> now you have a Frankie too, don't you? Who's got Frankie? It, uh, that's I do too. my Frankie. Yes, yes but, absolutely. But uh, uh, you're absolutely right, and that. I know that we had a, a ceremony, not a ceremony, an evening with Franco. Oh my gosh, I don't know. Whenever they returfed the field, because he bought, he went out when they were tearing up the turf and said, "What are you guys going to do with this?" Eh, I'm just going to scrap it. So he knew where his spot was oh. where he picked up the ball, and he bought like a I forget how big, but we'll say a thirty by thirty piece of carpet of that spot, and he brought one over uh, to give to the hall, and. You know, I forget who was there. I'm sorry, from the Steelers, but they felt that that play. Uh, you talked about how Franco came in and matched Joe Green on the offensive side, and you know became the glue of those first two Super Bowls. But they say that play and that victory was what really catapulted the Steelers sure. into that into mm-hmm. that era. What does the Steelers mean? What do the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, what do they mean? We see what they mean to the league. What did they mean to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I think what they meant was uh, you take the start with the Rooney family. They were and are very strong supporters of the Hall of Fame. Uh, whenever we needed anything, if the if the if a Steeler was going to be enshrined, the Rooneys would step up. Oh, by the way, we're playing in the game. They and and those five years of no football in Northeast Ohio. Mm-hmm. If we wouldn't have had the Steelers oh, wow. with their reputation. We would have had really tough times. Back then, the numbers weren't as high, but we lost about 20 to 25% of our revenue immediately when the Browns left. Wow. And if you didn't have the Steelers just two hours away, 
I can recall, Jeff, when I worked there when you were 10 years old in the 70s, and you would you would have guys come over, young guys like mm-hmm. I was, and I'd see them every year. They wanted to come over and see the new Steeler highlight film because you didn't have you mm-hmm. know all the stuff, and they wanted to see what was in our store, mm-hmm. and they couldn't buy in Pittsburgh. So uh, truly, if it wasn't for the Steelers, and whenever a Steeler gets enshrined, you know, you, you can't, it, the only bad news is, some of them drive over and drive home. We'd rather have them stay mm-hmm. overnight. But right. they really helped the Hall of Fame kind of stay afloat because they won. They had avid fans. And, and they're no different. Kenny, correct me if I'm wrong. If you, you grew up in Pittsburgh and you lived in Cleveland, they're the yep. same fans. They're absolutely. the same fans. Oh, blue color, absolutely. Oh, and when I went over there in the early 70s when I was kind of a man without a team, and they were, I think the year before, won two games. I had such a good time, and I and I like black and gold better than I do orange. I fell in love with the Steelers, and that's because it's slimming. That black color is slimming on you. No, let me tell you something. <laughs> All I can say is I have converted Although, more people. Hey, you'd look good in one of those bumblebee jerseys, by the way. Hey, they won. All I can say is there are rings on fingers and one on a thumb. But but no, they they really did in that. If I can point to those five years, yeah. really really helped us. Mm. Yeah, and the other great thing you mentioned, the fans, they are. They're identical, right? Yes. And the only difference is the things that Steeler fans name are victories, the things that Browns fans name are disaster, right? Yes. The fumble, the drive, and everything. So you got, you know, the immaculate reception, uh, you, um, Lynn Swan's catches, yes. right? Ballet in motion right there in the Super Bowl, yes. Super Bowl Ten against uh, the Cowboys. And JT made a great point. At that time, they had players who um, you needed stars in the NFL at that time that were, I don't want to say outspoken, but uh, enjoyed the limelight, weren't afraid to speak their mind, and then you bring in the terrible towel, and that thing, Myron Cope created that, and that helped even take that franchise to higher levels as far as sports fans go. And JT's right, they, they carried the league for the 70s and helped yeah. get it to where it is today. They well, made the no league, doubt. they marketed the league better than anyone else. And yeah. if you don't believe me, just go back to the old Coca-Cola commercial, right? Right, right. yeah. And that's where it all started, right, right, Dave? Right, right. And and the other thing is, if you know the people that work there, they got a lot of burgers. You know what I mean? They're from yeah. Pittsburgh. They got a lot the of Yenzers. burgers. Mm-hmm. The Yenzers. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, I... Text two of them today. He retired as the vice president of marketing about the same time I did. They they believe in their city. They get out in their city. They stay in their city. Uh, Franco believed that, that if I'm going to play for a community, i got to be part of it, mm-hmm. not just have a place there six months out mm-hmm. of the year. And he did right. that in his business, and he did that. They used, to, they used to not joke, but they used to say, how does he get to all these charity events? A lot of the guys told me he never says no. Huh. And he got out. He he was, I think, a Walter Payton Man of the Year. I forget when it was, but he had that. He got out in the community, and and not just to make a buck and show his. No, he got out in the community mm-hmm. and supported the charities. He started businesses where he put people to work. So uh, he was Mr. Pittsburgh. He's an ambassador. Oh. So he's out in the community, and we're talking with Dave Motts right now. Worked at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You started, what, 1968, I yeah, believe, right? Yeah, out of high school. So you were there basically from the inception because it only opened in 63, right? right? 
So during that time, you talk about him being so big in the community, you end up being marketing and community engagement director or vice president. Yeah. You've, got, you've got more titles than I've got uh, cousins almost. Wow. So that's a lot. That's a lot. So what does that yeah. mean, and how did that make your relationship with Frank O'Harris even that much closer? Well, I think the biggest thing is we talked about, you know, how he would, he would he start his bakery business. He did that with Lydell Mitchell. And what they yep. would do is they, they would have programs where they would hire young people mm-hmm. uh, and mentor them to work. They would introduce the product. It was, it was something that was good for you. Mm-hmm. And Super I, Donuts, Dave. It yes. was called Super Donuts. Yes, and, and then with his, with his silver socks. But yep. he was always looking to make life better for people. And I think when you're around people like that, Jeff, mm-hmm. and, and he was one of them, you, if it doesn't rub off, there's something wrong with you. And, you know, we're, we're a smaller community like a Pittsburgh and a Cleveland mm-hmm. where we're close, where we support our stuff. It's evident in high school football. Kenny, I think you probably found that when you came down here that it yep. truly, truly is. And, and that's the kind of people that are in Pittsburgh, you know, that are in Cleveland. I just thought of this, too. Lytle Mitchell and Frank O'Harris both running backs at Penn State, correct? Correct. Did you guys realize that today was Joe Pa's birthday, 1926? Are you kidding me? Oh, I did not know that. Wow. wow. And Franco, to this day, and I, I was watching every uh, video thing I could this morning, Dave, about this. And to this day, he credits Joe Paterno yes. for the immaculate reception yes. because yes. He, he said he heard in his head on that play, yes. fourth and ten uh, from the 40-yard line with 22 seconds left. He was supposed to block on that play, and he didn't block anybody and then he released a little bit, and then he remembered Joe Paterno coaching him, mm-hmm. saying, go to the ball. Go so the as ball. soon as the ball mm-hmm. was thrown, he went to the area of the ball. While everybody else is standing around after the big collision, he runs in, scoops mm-hmm. it up, and as they say, the rest is history. Right. So you talk about JT, that's eerie, right? I know. You talk yeah. about uh, you know things coming together in a strange, strange way. So you know, as he's going through the pearly gates today, he's thanking Joe Paterno, right. and he's telling John Madden, Yes, I did catch the ball. Right. It did not hit the ground as he's going through the pearly yeah. gates this morning. Well, I heard the same thing, Kenny, and I also heard that uh, a quote that uh, I listened to Dan Patrick in the morning, but they had Tony Dungy on once, and he said the one thing, he played with Franco. Right. He was on the yep. team. He said the one thing, no matter when he had the ball in practice, he would always sprint to the end zone. He'd run the play out, not just mm. run through the hole, take it five yards and come back. He'd go to the end zone. And again, that came, he said, from his Penn State training, that you go to the yep. ball, you run out to play. And you know, a lot of people said, well, he, go, he runs out of bounds. You know what? Yeah, because he's smart. He would, he would get his first down, and he knew, okay, if it's time to get a hit, he got out of bounds. But he played for 12 years, and the one year they should have won the Super Bowl, I think it was 11 or 12, Blyer and Harris were, did not play in the AFC yep. Championship game against the Raiders, and the Raiders won on one Super Bowl mm-hmm. eleven. They had to start Reggie Harrison at yes. running back that yes. year because yes. those two were hurt. Yep. And the Raiders, uh, kind of a you know, break for them, obviously, because yep. that was the greatest rivalry back then yep. in the NFL, uh, capitalized on it. Think about it. The Steelers kept the Raiders from winning more Super Bowls and the Cowboys from winning more Super Bowls. Those right. three teams during that era were just unbelievable, and there would be a collision either in the playoffs in the AFC or in the Super Bowl with the Cowboys. Dave, what happens at the Hall of Fame? When someone of this magnitude, or any Hall of Famer for that matter, passes away? Well, a couple things, usually, and I don't know if it's changed. 
uh, there will be somebody from the hall at the funeral, at the service, mm-hmm. and be involved. And if they reach out to us, they'll respond, whether it's Jim Porter, whether it's Anthony Munoz, whether it's the board chairman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing we probably did immediately this morning was a flag went to half mass. Okay. And then yep. something is placed on the bus in observance. That oh. I know. I think they put a, a card. They used to put a card on the okay. bus area. Um, but that I do know. Uh, what they what else they do? I'm not sure now. Mm-hmm. I can but tell you one thing that they did, guys. They, they sent out too. a release. Yeah, and here's the release mm-hmm. from uh, Hall of Fame President Jim Porter. The entire team at the Pro Football Hall of Fame is immensely saddened today. We have lost an incredible football player, an incredible ambassador to the Hall, and most importantly, we have lost one of the finest gentlemen anyone will ever meet. Franco not only impacted the game of football, but he also affected the lives of many, many people in profoundly positive ways. The Hall of Fame and historians everywhere will tell Franco's football story forever. His life story can be told fully, however, uh, without including his greatness off the field. My heart and prayers go out to his wife, Dana, and equally uh, incredible person, a special friend to the Hall and someone who cares so deeply for Franco's Hall of Fame teammates and uh, after that obviously uh, more stats and stories about Franco and everything like that so well said by the Pro Football Mm -hmm. Hall of Fame. Dave Motz our guest in studio right now reminiscing with uh, thoughts and memories I guess I should say of Franco Harris who sadly passed away at the age of 72 overnight. Dave when these things do happen at the Hall of Fame and we see the 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 flag goes to half staff and 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 all that other stuff half mast do they is there ever like a makeshift pop-up memorial maybe at the bust. I mean, you, you mentioned there might be a card, but, I mean, you think of p- players like Franco Harris are still fresh and ingrained in everyone's mind, and all the people, not just in western Pennsylvania, but I would have to believe northeast Ohio, just a short, you know, two-hour drive mm-hmm. away. Do you expect more people at the Hall of Fame this weekend, maybe to memorialize? You might you might find it over Christmas. It, it You could see, because that's, that's a big time for people that go out and do things or try to sit at home and, and if the weather's right. Um, I, I'm going to, when we have a break, I might try to reach out to John Kendall to see if they're doing yeah. anything additional. But, yes, I think what it does, it brings back to mind, you know, those great Steeler teams. And even though you can Google, you can go on websites, still if you come to Canton or go to, if you go down to the stadium in Pittsburgh, they mm-hmm. have their museum. And I know they did oh, something yeah. at the Heinz uh history museum last night he was there yes he, he was, was there, there. amazing and yeah. you know so i guess when you when your number's up your number's up but you said it best kenny he knew at least he knew we talked about it. right he knew what what i feel sad about is he won't get to sit down with his buddies yeah you know right. okay you get your jersey retired you're in front of the fans that's great but i see it every year hall of fame weekend when these guys just to get together around the table, having a beer, a cigar, and they start talking to each other. And I just, like, would get it. That's, that was my biggest thrill right. working there. I didn't, I didn't seek out things. Uh, things happened, but that was the thing to just sit and listen. You realize they've only retired, I believe, two numbers? Two, Ernie Stotner yeah. and Joe yeah. Green. And he's the first offensive player. Ernie yeah, Stotner 75. was defensive tackle in the, in the yeah. 50s to the early 60s and then coached. And then, uh, and then Mean Joe. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's one thing. 70 and 32. That's it's yes, one thing yes. to be a Hall of Famer, obviously, yeah. the ultimate. But the ultimate goal is to have your number retired. Exactly. Once that's a, Now, I know they don't give numbers out all the time. I'm sure there's a couple. Of, I'm sure there's nobody on the scout team wearing number 12, right? Right. Right, right. yeah. But it's not there retired are, per se. 
per se. Right. There are unofficially retired numbers, yeah. but the only three official are the ones Dave mentioned. Um, and, you know, with Franco, the other thing, guys, why he's so popular, that play, the Immaculate Reception, was voted as the single greatest play in NFL history. So everybody, not just Steeler Nation, everybody is aware of it. And then later some different angles of the footage came out so you could watch it from a different angle. And then you heard John Madden, the Hall of Fame coach, who talked about it. And still, like I said, they're probably having a conversation up in Evan right now about it and everything like that. His single play is the greatest play in NFL history. He was a legend in Pittsburgh, and he's a Hall of Famer. So you combine all that. That's why uh, there are so many people talking about this today. Dave, we appreciate you joining us today, sure. giving us a couple of minutes of your time. I know you said your dog's out front. It's kind of cold outside. She brought him in. Oh, her in. Frankie's great. in here, Kenny. Frankie's <laughs> all right, inside. good. Nice. Yes. We'll get a break in right here. When we come back, we're going to turn the tables a little bit, talk Ohio State recruiting. Steve Hellwagon from Bucknuts.com. Joins us next. Keep it right here. It's the Kenny and JT Show. It's Kenny and JT on WHBC.